Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fast Women. I am Eileen. And I am Nicole. And we are recently back from a big trip to Korea. Yes. So we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about big trucks today. I like big trucks and I cannot lie. That's, Same, that's I also like big trucks. <laughs> so we're going to talk about big trucks. We're going to talk about our trip to Korea. We'll be right back. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We are back. Let's kick it off talking about the truck. So you are driving what this week? This very moment parked in my driveway covered under some snow is a Ford F-150 Lightning. So I have Ooh. an electric truck. We like that. We drove that before. We drove that together. And where do we drive that? San Antonio with the miasma of evil. I was just going to say, that's literally what I thought. I'm like, now I associate this truck with that. It came into the driveway. I opened the garage door. I saw it. I was like, oh, it's the miasma of evil truck, which I'm sure is not the association Ford wants, but that's what they have in my head now forever. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean we love it any less, Emma. Emma at Ford, who's listening to this. We, yes. we love it, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's the miasma of evil truck. Yes. Which just makes it cool and kind of badass. Can I say that? Maybe. I don't know, but I, but I feel like if, if you say bad butt, it just sounds like you're like a two-year-old who's not know, allowed like, to say ass. It, it's a bad butt truck. I, yeah, like it should be a Tonka <laughs> toy that I'm playing with on my desk. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> okay, so so we liked about the F-150 Lightning. We thought it was great packaging. We yep. thought the range was good. We thought it was just a solid truck. Like it felt like a Ford truck. It didn't feel like a compromise. Right. Um, but we did not like the maxi pad seats. So I have to ask, do you have the maxi pad seats in this F-150? I do because I have the platinum which is the top trim of the lightning lineup it's like a $97,000 starting price for this one so it's not cheap um but yeah I have the maxi pad I have the maxi pad seats on this which I pointed out to my husband when he said I'm like so what do you think about these seats and he's like well they're they're okay I'm like this and I'm like pointing to it I'm like what this this and I'm like these are the maxi pad seats because he heard the pockets like oh Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, even he can see, like, yeah, for the number. Not that he sees these all the time, but we've all seen the commercials, folks. And yeah, it has wings. So, um, yeah, even he saw that. So, but yeah. he did say, despite appearances, that he will now never be able to forget that they are very comfortable seats. They're super comfortable seats. Like, there's this thing where, like, once upon a time, trucks were not comfy to ride in, they were like these harsh, just doing work and good luck to you if you needed to ride it every day. But what I like about most trucks these days, and especially with seats like this, they're very, very comfortable. So I, you know, still comfortable, still looks like a maxi pad. All right. And we, so we, we still like the truck F-150 lightning. Good. Bottom line, yes. good truck, good, good truck. truck. And not just, it's not, it's not just a good truck for being an electric truck. It's a good truck for being a truck. Yes. It is, you know, it's the thing is when Ford made this, they didn't say, okay, let's make an entirely different, not living up to the F-150 name truck and just put lightning on the name of, on the end of it. Like they kept the sort of, 
character of what the F-150 was. So, you know, you, it still can tow. It can still carry a payload. It, and inside, it still looks like, in all the right ways, like every other F-150. Like, you don't know that it's an electric vehicle. In fact, even on the outside, the, the lighting signature is the striking part. Like, you notice the lighting. And from the back, I love this. It has, like, a little American flag, like, on the top, like, on the lower right side of the tailgate and it has a little lightning bolt built into it that says so that you know it's a lightning from the back and when it's on the uh, bed where it says the word lightning on the sides it there's a lightning bolt for the eye so you know like I think that's cool I like I like how they styled it I like there's like just a little bit of like this is a little different than the rest but not so different although so I love how the lights look in the front like and I took a picture of it and I shared it on um, on my social media, because I thought it was so cool of like, okay, this is it during the day. This is it at night, but in like sort of in lights. And then this is it if you're like in the dark and you just take a picture. The lights look so cool at night. And then everybody on my Twitter feed who has an F-150 Lightning was sending me all these cool pictures of their trucks at night. <laughs> Very cool. I love that. I do like the way that the light goes up and then all the way across and then down. Yeah. And we're seeing that, like Volkswagen's doing that, Kia's doing that. We're seeing that on a lot of, of vehicles these days. And I think it's a really cool, a really cool thing. And I also like it because you get trucks and you get cars that have like that missing center side of the headlights mm-hmm. where you get this weird like cross pattern or where your bright lights come on. It's just weird. And so it just it just doesn't work. And and it's, you know, it's better now. I think sometimes they look designers look at lights and they like you'd think they would really pay attention to how it looks when they're actually lit. But sometimes you think that looks really cool when the lights are off and you're driving your car during the day, then it looks really nifty. But as soon as you actually have to turn the lights on in the evening and you look at that, like you see some of these vehicles in your rear view mirror and you're like, what, what's happening there? Did nobody like turn off the lights in the design center and say, wait, let's look at this real quick and make sure that this works first. (laughs) Yeah. And do you remember when like I think it was when Nissan came out with the headlights that looked like they were like eyes mm-hmm. and you like looked at I think it was the Maxima when the Maxima was new and you saw the eyes and it was such a signature. Yeah. And um, I will say so as a kid, my dad used to make me look in the rearview mirror and see if I could identify the vehicle by the headlights. How'd you do? And I I. I couldn't as a kid. I had a really hard time with it, but it is something I find myself doing now. Even like in the car by myself, I'm not like, Eileen, look at the rear view mirror. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll look up and I'll be like, oh, that's a Ford truck. And I like wait for it to like either pass me and I'm like, oh, I was right. So like, you know, 30, 30 something years on, I'm like, okay, I'm still playing that game with myself in the car. So, um, I mean, you know and there was no... You know the it one I can always identify? Like when you look in the rear view mirror, uh, Volvo, they have, they call it the Thor's hammer. They're the most distinctive lights. And just because they call it Thor's hammer, I'm like, hee hee hee, there's a Volvo behind me. There's Thor's hammer. I just, <laughs> it, and it, I can cool also, too. I can also really recognize um, on the Hyundais, like on the SUVs, the way their lights are sort of stacked kind of. They have a yes, very distinctive yes, yes, yes. lighting signature that when you see that one, you know that it's a Hyundai that's behind you. And I like that too. I think like lights that make a car look good at night add a lot to the appeal of the car. Now, are you pro or con illuminated badging up front? Oh, on the, the I am pro illuminated badging. I like it. I think on most of them, I saw some one of the guys that sent me a picture. I had a picture of his Ford, and his Ford badge was lit up, and it actually looked really, really cool. The way that he it was like backlit. I love how it looks on. I think most vehicles on Mercedes. I love the. Um, I was going to call it seven star. It's not seven. It's a three star. point star. Three, three point, point star. star. I'm like, seven is the wrong number. That's. <laughs> So I generally like them as well. Um, there is one I don't care for, though. 
Who? Because it reminds me of female anatomy. Oh, God. Which one? Lincoln. Oh, crap. Now that you've said that. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, gosh, Eileen. It, it, it is a bit it is a bit button like, I'll call it. It's oh. it's a little like you're like, oh, oh, well, it is their logo. They tried. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, speaking of not female anatomy, I yes. have been driving two trucks in a row. So I have driven the Chevy Silverado 1500 trail boss with the duramax engine and that was last week this week i am driving the gmc sierra 1500 at4x which you and i drove together in the desert of southern california Uh about a year ago now Uh, yeah so we uh we we've driven it before and it's interesting to drive them back to back because i've learned like i was like well the chevy seats were more comfortable I was like, I like that better. Um, the Chevy seats were more comfortable. I did. I found those seats much more comfortable. Wow. I, I don't know what it was, but I, I I spent a significant amount of time driving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the airport in them. Okay. And I was like, these seats are more comfortable. And no, granted, I've only been in the 1584X for, I don't know, a couple hours now. Um, but I like driving it for a couple hours, but I definitely feel like those seats are more comfortable. Um, the braking is also so different on AT4X than it is on a traditional truck. It feels much more almost like a sports car where there's very little give mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's responsive right away. Uh, but I will say I hopped in the car at the airport at valet and the guy next to me had a white F-150 and this is, you know, a white AT4X. And he looks at me and goes, that's a cool truck. I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> and I don't ever go, it's not mine. I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, as if I designed it myself. You know? <laughs> but I really like it. I really like um, I really like the upgrade that GMC has done. And, and Chevy's done the same with their interiors over the last year. They've really gotten a lot better. The thing that kills me, though, that absolutely kills me. So I listen to CarPlay most of the time I'm in the car. Yeah. But when I have like Sirius XM going and you go to change the channel, and I don't go through presets all the time, especially when it's not my car. Now, I know most people have presets in their car, but I like to scan through and see what's on and just like scan up or scan down. And like you, the way it comes up in, in the Chevy is it shows the album cover of the X Series XM station. And then you have to tap on that and then it goes to the station. So you can't like, you know how like most of the time you scroll and it comes up and it's like you're going from Depeche Mode to Garth Brooks and you can like see it almost you sometimes before it, you can hear yeah. it. Yeah, not so in GM vehicles. And that annoys me to no end. Like, Guys, she I was genuinely ticked off. Like, you can oh my see God. Her face. Like, that annoys me. She has an angry, annoyed face. Every time I get in a GM vehicle and it comes up and I go, there is no excuse for this. Like, who wanted to put an extra step? Like, no one. Just stop. Like, that it's, is it's so bizarre. I wonder what the re- There's got to be a reason. There's like, I don't. Reason. But. But no why? software guy worth his would ever add extra steps for a person unnecessarily. It's eliminate steps. Yeah, no, they've added an extra one and it adds nothing to the user experience besides frustration. Darn it. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. I do not care for it. It's frustrating as the spinny dial on a Mazda. Oh, honestly, the Mazda is easier to, easier to use. Oh, because, geez. Because you're using the spinny dial and like you could still be on the road, but yes. like. You're not like double tapping yeah, to be like, hey, what's on red, white and booze this week? Or what's on the golf channel? Like, I have questions. I'm going for road trip radio. A called red, white and booze. Yes. 
There is you've not, listened is it, to it. Is it country music? It's it's country party tailgating we've music. We've listened to it. Oh my god! Yes, because I normally I'm just like Eileen put something on. I never knew that's what we were listening to. It's that's not serious. Normally, there's like it's, what is the one you normally do? It's it's road trip. Road trip. Road we'll trip. do road trip radio, which is three hundred one. Uh, Red white and booze is three fifty. Three forty nine is the uh, oh geez, I'm going to forget his name. My husband's name. Dwight Yoakam channel. Wait, we which, listened to Dwight Yoakam. Uh, no, not you and I. Oh, I was like, I don't, I've never, because if you had put on that, I'd have been like, we need to change. I don't know what's wrong with you, but that is not the kind of music we no, listen to on a drive. I love it. You would have not said we need to change it. You just reached over and changed it. You've been like, I am empowered. I will change Spin. it. <laughs> Let's pick something different. <laughs> no, I do like, like, I like the Billy Joel channel, you know, like there's, there's a lot of different channels. Sirius XM has really, uh, really replicated me. The thing that gets me is that was it the Hallmark Christmas channel. That they have, which is just Christmas music, but it's like braided for a Hallmark. Hallmark. I know there's there's two different. There's one called like it has holly leaves on it, and I always like the holly leaves. Well, there's two different Christmas channels. I like whichever one has the holly leaves. That's the one. I don't know. That's I, my I will Christmas say channel of choice. When I'm going from road trip radio to red, white, and booze, um, there's only like like maybe like ten channels in between. Though there's like fifty numbers, and yeah. I will say that every time I hit the Soul Cycle channel, I'm like a part of me dies on the road. <laughs> Like, I'm just like, nobody needs to listen to this. Who is really like, it's, I guess you could be listening to that at home, right? But who's going to, like, if you're actually working out, but who, why, why? Does it just make you drive faster and really frenetically? I hope not. It, I won't be listening to it. Um, but no, we do have a friend who, yesterday, a mutual friend of ours, who yesterday at the airport in uh, Marseille was downloading, like, electronica music to use as ringtones. But had his volume on in the airport, so the entire airport at 5 a.m. was listening to this. You're going to have to tell me who this was after we get off air rather than point fingers. And then I'll just yell at this person in person and go, you were dumb for doing that. And can I say, though, the whole airport didn't even quietly judge him. A murmur went up. And finally, another one of our friends was like, you just need to turn that S off. Like, just stop. (laughs) Huzzah to whoever told him to turn it off. That's bad form. We can't be representing that way. Don't be that guy at the airport. And don't be the loud Americans. That's that's where we're at. So, okay. So we like we like this Chevy Silverado. I like the Trail Boss. I like it's a good mid-grade package. Like, I feel like it's the right price, right? Everything you want. It doesn't have so many safety features, but it does have, you know, lane keeping assist and adaptive cruise control and those things. And that's kind of where I feel like most truck buyers are. Like, they don't need all the bells and whistles. So I feel yeah. like that's a really good offering. Um, AT4X, uh, it did pretty well off-road for us. I'd be interested in off-roading in a less controlled environment than we went in. You know, that's always the thing when you're we also you It get, was also 120 degrees. It. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, it was so hot. You get a taste of it, but it's like, and they give you a chance to do each thing. Like, say there's 10 trucks. All 10 of us will drive the same route. And if there's a particularly challenging little bit of terrain, it can take forever because car, truck one goes and you wait. And then truck two goes and you wait. And so it can take kind of a long time. But it is, it's nice to have like a balance of, we're going to take you over this challenging stuff so that we know you can, we know it can handle it. We know we can spot you through this versus here, just take this on your own and drive this on a little bit more freedom. So you can truly figure out like, okay, this is how I would drive it. This is where I would be taking it. How does it handle the kind of things that I'm typically going to drive it on if I was off-roading or just comfortable because where they take you isn't necessarily the kind of thing that you specifically would do. So I like it when you get a chance to sort of do things that aren't quite so technical and, but, it may be not quite so supervised, but really let you experience just, okay, typical light off-roading kind of stuff that most people do. How's this thing do, you know? 
Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about that. So I'm excited, though. I really like these trucks. I do. I like them better the more I drive them the, the, since they've been refreshed from from the last, like, first three years of the, this generation to this yeah. next three years. Um, I also have been driving the GMC Yukon Denali, not the Denali Ultimate Ultimate Denali, but just the oh, Denali. Just the Denali. And can, I, can I tell you, that's exactly how I felt. I got into it, and I'm like, oh, I really like the Ultimate Denali Denali Ultimate. Like, I felt like, I was like... Not that a Denali's ever a letdown, but I was just like, oh man, I really do like that one. And like, it's because, I don't know. It's I just, I just, the, the Denali Ultimate Ultimate Denali is really leagues ahead in the design. It's not just that it got better features and got like, okay, we've added whatever more adjustable seats or a higher quality leather. It's the overall design of that, the look of that, the vibe that it creates when you get it's completely different in all the right ways. Like you look at you like it doesn't even feel like they should have the same names attached to them sort of because there's such a difference. They it, it's a huge step up. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I got into it and like you and I were on the I mean, when this GMC launched, you and I were in Vail for that freezing yeah. a city in the cold uh, outdoors in the middle of January. Like and, one does. Uh, and we liked it then. But like this is just so far ahead. And I was just reminded of that. Like you said, it is just leagues ahead of the traditional Denali. And the traditional Denali is fine. If that's, you know, if that's what you want to go for, that's fine. But man alive, that Denali ultimate ultimate Denali is the way to go. Well, that's the thing, because the regular Denali is it's not like it's not an upscale premium option. Like, you know, they yes, you get extras. It's just that they changed their design language a little bit between the two and they, you know, the designers sort of changed their focus. And it was, it was a really good change that brought the, that whole line forward. So I'm, I'm, it makes me, it's one of those things you look forward to. You think this is so good. I can't wait to see what they do next. Cause now they brought the bar so much higher. It's not just like a little iteration. It's this huge jump. And when they do that, you know, if they made a huge jump here, they're going to do that eventually across the lineup. We just have to wait for it to all hit its cycle, you know, and to yeah. be able to do that. So it makes me excited to see what new GMC things come out and what they do with them. I agree with that. All right. Now, talking about things to see, you and I were in Korea together last week. So when we get back from break, we'll talk all about the things we did in Korea that had nothing to do with vehicles because we can't talk about the vehicle stuff yet. So so we'll have to leave you in suspense with that. But we're going to talk about the cultural things we did, the things we saw, the differences between Korea and America that we discovered, some of the things that surprised us, um, and also talk about being fingerprinted at the airport. Yeah. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We are back with the next segment of Fast Women. We're talking all things South Korea. Mm-hmm. So let's start with all things South Korea and talk about leaving America. Um, you flew Delta? 
I flew a Korean Air. So I flew the same. Yeah, and then Delta on the way home. Now, we were in the Korean Air business class seats. And I was very impressed with their level of service. Very impressed. I I thought the level of service was fantastic, but I didn't like their seats as much. What did you like about their seats? Now, I don't know what configuration you had. I had excellent seats. I had a little hallway. It was great. Yeah, we had a little hallway and everything, but I felt like the seats were very stiff. Oh. They weren't plushy enough. I feel like you with your butt cushions. I'm surprised. <laughs> I was actually okay. But I will say this. I froze the entire time. I had my coat on. Now, from Atlanta, including taxi, takeoff, and landing, it was about 18 hours. Yeah. So it was a long flight. Um, and so I froze. So I wore my coat almost the entire time. I also um, had brought a blanket with me. So I had two blankets and I was barely warm enough. And it wasn't just because we like flew over the Arctic. Like it was just genuinely cold. And see, and our, so, universe, our flight was pretty good. We were pretty toasty, but I did. It was funny because you told me that you've been freezing because you left before I left. So I had like a blazer and then had a little coat. I was all ready. And then I'm like, oh my God, I gotta take everything off because my flight was warm. But they did have their blanket. They're like, it's different. It's a fuzzy it's blanket. Fleecy. It's fleecy. Yeah. The blanket. It's the fuzzy. Like I wanted to steal it. I often, I don't generally steal things from flights and I did not steal this Korean air, but I really wanted to. I wanted to steal the blanket because it was really fuzzy and comfy. <laughs> I did enjoy it. I did not enjoy not having Wi-Fi for 18 hours. Why that is was that? Like, it's not even like it wasn't working. They literally just do not offer Wi-Fi. I don't know. It is unacceptable. It oh, is terrible. why I would not fly Korean air. Yeah, that, that everything else I liked, yeah. that is why I would not fly Korean Air. Because you can't like you think, oh, well, it's this long flight and you're going to sleep or whatever. Yeah, you're going to sleep. You're going to sleep. You're going to doze off and on. But you're not sleeping the whole time you're on the flight. At some point, you're going to wake up because it's not like you get a solid eight hours of sleep on there. And maybe you want to like check your email. Nope, you can't. Maybe you want to get ahead on some work. Nope, you can't. So you end up landing after 15 to 19 hours, depending on how your flight goes. And You've got just like tons of email and you've got nothing done. Yeah, that slays me because I normally, I always, always, always work on a plane. So to not be able to work on a plane on the way over there, that was disturbing. I disliked. And I definitely feel like I always want to like see, like even if you're on a flight, you want to see like what your friends are up to or like what's going on. And after 18 hours, I got off the plane, turned on my phone and I think it sizzled. I think it was like, oh my God, like I had... I don't even want to know how many messages because I had friends who like forgot I was flying or like right. work stuff and like Microsoft Teams loaded and it was like 40 million alerts. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like it was just it was just a lot to handle. But landing in South Korea was great. Um, we didn't have to have a covid test, which was nice. Um, yeah. We did have to wear a mask. I had to wear a mask on the flight the whole way over there, which yeah. is what it is. It's this policy of the airline. Um But what surprised me is when we landed in Korea, um, you know, they take your temperature, which is fine. um, But then they fingerprinted me at customs control. I've never been to a country that's required me to be fingerprinted. No, I don't think I have either. I've never been into a country where there was a fingerprint. And that it was kind of weird. Like, oh, I'm getting fingerprinted. I feel like they're going to make sure that if I like start a life of crime in Korea. They now have my fingerprints on file. I a hundred percent think that's what it was, but it was, um, it was electronic fingerprinting, which was nice. It was easy. Um, but then when you left the country, they also scanned your fingerprints and matched it with your passport. So they knew that you personally were definitely leaving. Right. So it was, there was no doubt that I had your passport and was pretending to be you. It was me. It was my fingerprints. Yes. They're, so they have really good control at their border control. That was actually good. Yeah, I th- but I did think border control went relatively smoothly. It was it was as sm- yeah. at least as smoothly as in the U.S. 
Um, and, and I was I was happy with that process. So then we went and got our bags, which was, of course, quick and easy. Now, I got in late at night. Did you get in late at night? I, I don't remember. Like it was probably about quarter to nine. So not late, okay, yeah. but it was the evening. Yeah, I got so I was I was two days ahead of you. Yeah. So I was there. So I had two days to explore before you got there. Um, let's talk about first where we explored. So we what we st- OK, so you fly into Incheon at the airport, which is an island to kind of off off this, uh, I'm like going to go west, off the west side of South Korea. I'm like drawing a map in my head. <laughs> off the west side of South Korea. Um, and so into Seoul we went. And even at 8 o'clock at night, I mean, it took you, what, like 90 minutes to get into town? Oh, yeah. It's it's a long drive into town. And one of the things that was really striking about coming to Seoul, like we've both flown into a lot of cities. This is a, it just it goes forever. It's like a very, it's not like there's a downtown that's really brightly lit and suddenly the lights disappear very quickly. It's like just lights. It felt like just never ending. It is a very big sprawling city. And then, so, and it's, I think 90, it was probably about 90 minutes, maybe not quite for me to get from the airport that late at night where there's, it's not like we were in rush hour, you know, we're kind of after rush hour and everything. So that wasn't though the longest, it took us longer to get back to the airport Getting back to the airport when it finally came it was over two hours. It was the longest drive of my life and stop and go traffic. It was tough. It was not super fun. Yeah. So definitely the uh, the traffic is one of the things that surprised me about South Korea. I well, did not expect traffic to be that bad literally everywhere. And it's, you know, it's not like there's every place has tra- every big city has traffic. Right. And we have very the traffic in the U.S. We get traffic, but we're very were relatively well-mannered. There's rules and people pretty much follow them and it's pretty straightforward. It felt like in Korea more than any other country I've ever visited, rather, you know, more than Paris, more than Rome, more than any other. The traffic is like crazy. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it, it, is, it is. It's nuts. It is heavy all times of day or night. One driver told me, he said, it's really just between like midnight and 4 a.m. that they don't have traffic. The rest of the time, there's always traffic. It's um, like Manhattan traffic used to be. Yeah. Like not like today, but the way Manhattan traffic used to be all the time. All the time. And it is crazy traffic. They have so many of the little scooters and the scooters. I don't know how they don't all die because they follow. It's not just like they're splitting lane splitting. They are driving like directly sideways in front of other cars that are moving. And they, it is the most crazy thing I've ever seen. And I didn't see a single accident. I'm like, how how is this possible? It's just, it feels like people should be getting killed on the road every 10 seconds. And there was not a single accident that I saw. And I did say, I did learn uh, that if you put your flashers on, you can pretty much do anything in traffic. Yeah. You, Which you like wanna... you just see, we talked, we were talking about uh, off air, we were talking about new turns earlier. And we watched people take like giant sweeping 12 lane U-turns in yeah. the middle of people just like, oh, this is what you do. And nobody was like honking at them. Like you do that in the United States and you have a million horns and people flipping you off there. Everyone's just thinking, okay, he's pulling a U-turn in the middle of this giant intersection. Like one does without any warning whatsoever, but his hazards are on. So it's all good. <laughs> I watched, uh, watched a woman going in a GV 60 going down the street with her flashers on. She went down very slowly then she stopped and she U-turned. Then she went back up the other side very slowly. She was obviously looking for an address or something, but she like went up and down the street like four different times and she kept getting slower and slower. Then she pulled into a driveway. Then she backed out in the middle of the street. Oh I'm like, gosh. I don't know what's going on, but she's going to die. No, didn't die. Everyone was just like, oh, this is just a crazy woman who doesn't know where she's going. That's yeah, fine. Weird. And then the scooters, there was a section, there was an area where I, I didn't know if this was, 
I am presuming it was legal because everybody did it, just heavy traffic. And the scooters were just driving along in traffic and then they changed their mind. And rather than waiting to get like, say, another block to take the right-hand turn they'd want to take, they would cut directly in front of you. Like they'd have to walk their little scooter between your car's bumper and the bumper in front of, the, in front of you. Cut through that, weave through, and just get to the sidewalk and drive a block or so on the sidewalk and get to their turn. And it wasn't just one guy. It was many, many guys that did this. There was chaos and disorder and it was it was it was its own level of charm but i'm gonna say somehow, like somehow it it was chaos and disorder that completely worked and i'm mystified by it i don't know yeah. how it worked <laughs> not would not work in america i mean we, we no. have enough trouble in la with lane splitting but yes. yeah so we um we went we went there i was the city is so unique in the fact that if you think about modern seoul and, and even modern south korea uh, like I was talking with a couple of people from South Korea about this. So we talk in America, you had you had the Civil War. It's like our last war on U.S. soil. So after the Civil War, there was a lot of reconstruction and, you know, America rebuilt after that. Well, in South Korea, the war came to their doorstep. We've been fighting wars in America that are overseas. So the war was at their doorstep during the Korean War. Right. So that's it's been 50 years of reconstruction where they went from being a I would say a very what we would consider to be a first world country yeah. to being an extremely uh, high tech and profitable and, and just on the cutting edge of so many different things with business and industry and design. And it's really all there on display for you in Seoul. Like they haven't shied away from the old stuff and they haven't, you know, just put glass around it and been like, this is a museum. It's you have you have palaces in the middle of these giant oh, high so rises. Cool. Yeah. And you've got, you know, you've got things from the from the 70s and 80s that are right next to, um, you know, these giant modern buildings. And it really is a mix. I mean, you've got styles of architecture that are communist block right next to, you know, very modern things. And it's, and it's all there. And then you've got the U.S. Army base as well so it's it's all just kind of surrounded there and it's such a mix of cultures and also it's a mix of who's moving forward the fastest and these generations because if you think about it I mean it's grandparents that fought in the Korean War it's not like like we look at the Civil War and you're like it's great 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 grandparents and so it's still very much I mean the speed at which the rest of the world has moved has been quickly but the speed at which South Korea has to co- has come up and then exceeded in so many ways is so very impressive. One of the things I thought that was really neat and I felt like it was a very like very much soul like I haven't seen this in other cities is like you talked about how there's all these different types of arch- architecture from all these different eras and how quickly they try to build up but in most cities when you see it like by at least block by block if not neighborhood by neighborhood you sort of have this area is now been you know has has seen some revitalization and it's all newly built modern stores or newly built modern homes, or this might be older homes, or this might be warehouses that haven't yet sort of been revitalized in their little ramshackle, or this is a manufacturing district. So more than any other city I've been in, it literally is building to building. Like I know there's districts in there, but it was such an interesting mix. If you would go by this cute little quaint, very like Instagram worthy coffee shop, and then you go around the corner and there's like a guy who's a fishmonger who has fish out on the street. And then you go one more, you know, just a little bit further. And right next to that is an old warehouse that they've made into a completely modern, you know, showroom for people to have events. Everything's all very much sort of mixed in together, which leads to a really unique character that you see people, 
you see people who are rushing to and fro, their busy jobs, their busy lives, and then people who are completely chill, who are hanging out, taking a few minutes to smell the flowers at that flower shop mixed in the middle of all of the chaos. It's a very uniquely blended city where you see sort of the old and the very traditional of Korea with very, very modern, and they're all blended together as opposed to being sort of more segregated out into different areas and different regions like you generally see in a city. It's all mixed up, which is just the neatest character. I really liked it. I really like it too, and I love it. It's a city that is accessible in so many ways. I mean, we rode the subway there. We took taxis there, and and we walked. I mean, I I was there um, a couple days early. I walked over twenty miles in two days, yeah. very easily throughout the town. Like it wasn't a strain to get places. I mean, we took subways and you know cars in between, but it was. I walked a lot and I got to see so much of the city. Now it is hilly. I was. It's like L.A. hilly, like hillier than I thought it would be it to get from place hilly. to place. Yeah. There are a lot of hills and we stayed, you came in early, I left late. So you're, you had your days on the beginning. I had my days on the end and we did the same thing. We walked all over the place. I didn't realize quite how much I walked until I sort of looked at my watch and thought, wow, but it's a very easy city to walk. It's very like, it's hilly, but it's also, it's incredibly clean. It's really, really unbelievably clean. And we did find though the Uber situation was not great. So I had to download an app and I don't, it was T-A-D-A, which I want to say is called Tada because all I wanted to say was ta-da every time I opened the map. And I just, uh, the, the app, I feel like that's probably not what they had in mind. Maybe it is, but so, you, you know, they have their own app so you can, st- you know, still get ride sharing if that's what you want to do. So it's incredibly easy to get around the city. It's very, very easy and not much needs cash. You can do 99% of what you need to do just using your card so you don't have to worry about um, getting cash. Although I did get some for for part of my adventure in some of the places that I went to. I did learn when we were there that the Korean government has quite the hold on electronics when it comes to apps and things like that. So like Google Maps, you can look at Google Maps and see your way around. But if you want to route yourself somewhere, you have to use the Korean government's routing app. Mm-hmm. If you want to pay in a taxi, I mean, you can pay with a credit card, but you can also use the Korean government payment system. <laughs> you can use, like you were saying, ride hailing. You can use the Korean government app for that. So right. there is there is a fair amount of government interference and tracking that goes on. Um, that's kind of a buyer beware situation. Um, I did not download any of those to my phone. I know you did, but you were also told that to get rid of them as soon as you do not well, need them the anymore. Thing. I downloaded it, and because we, of how we were doing, we needed to have several several of us in cars together. So I'm like, okay, so we need to have a, a couple of us need to download this. And I'm, I thought that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. But then as soon as I got, was like at the airport, one of the folks said, you know, you should delete that right now. <laughs> You're done. You don't need them having, I'm like, oh yeah, I should. And I completely deleted it. So yeah, there yep. is a sense of like, you are not going un. You are not going unnoticed by the Korean government when you're wandering about Korea, but it's not this intrusive thing. It's not like the people are following you. You're just very aware that this is a very, um, monitored yeah there is there is cctv everywhere yes everywhere and they are not shy about it they're not trying to hide it anywhere um did feel that there was a strong police presence but also i was very felt very comfortable with that there wasn't you know it wasn't intimidating at all that there was it it felt like it was right on part and that everyone was behaving themselves although i will say that we got while we were there several um it was it said security alerts and there oh would be gosh. there was like a little emoji. So and it's and it's all in Korean. Well, yeah. Why do you you put the little angry yellow triangle and you say in English security alert and then you give me Korean? 
buddy, if I get, like, why are you giving me, <laughs> if I can't, you thought enough to tell me that it was an alert in English, but if what you put there is Korean, it doesn't help me. It was this weird disconnect. You're like, hello, alert. If you're speaking English to me, tell me the problem in English. But I didn't see, see, my theory was, okay, so I've gotten this alert and it's, it's telling me something's gone horribly wrong. But all the Koreans around me, probably there's some person or two who's gotten this notification. No one seems to be running in panic. So I guess I'm okay. <laughs> I did feel like an emoji could solve the situation. Like, is it is it a security alert? Like a grandpa's missing? Send me a little grandpa emoji next to my security alert. Is it is it, you know, a security alert that there's been a poisoned lettuce? Like send me a lettuce emoji. <laughs> You're about to spit out your tea. Um if if there's that, if there's like Okay, is it is it North Korea's got something incoming ballistically? Like, send me a little rocket. Like, there's there's, there's a person running. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's options. Like, seek shelter. Like, I feel like, or like you know, traffic could be like two cars together. Like, I yeah. have questions. Like, there's ways to do this. So it does feel I, like that would be very appropriate with all the cute stuff that they the cute yes. in Korea, like little emojis to communicate what your alert is and include language for the people who can read, but like or read that language. So. Also, I still have the Korean language on my phone. I got to take it off because I keep hitting the wrong button. And suddenly I'm typing. I'm like, that's not words. What's happening? And it's like Korean. <laughs> it is diphthongs, but it is not yes, words not in English. English words. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a break here. We get back. We'll talk about some of the best places we went in Korea. We'll talk about some things that surprised us about the country. And then at some point, one of us will ask the other questions in scorecard, but we haven't decided that yet. So we'll figure yeah, we that out during yet. the break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We are back with another segment of Fast Women. This time we're talking about Korea, which is what we talked about last time. But let's talk about some of the places that you and I went. So we went at different times, but you and yes. I both went to the, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but I'm going to try my best, the Gyeongbokgung Palace. I would, I would right say to yes. I, I don't know if that's right because I'm terrible with the pronunciation in Korea. So it's like everything looks like it should sound, but then it sometimes doesn't. <laughs> like that's, that's like kind of where we're at. Like, yeah, I feel like it's a language where I did lo- learn how to say thank you. And I only learned how to say that because we were with um, Carrie Kim and her husband, Ed Kim, it has Korean and he knew a few words. I guess she knew a few words. So she came with that piece of knowledge. So I, I learned only how to say thank you. And that's it. Everything else is really up for grabs. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. So um, Gyeongbokgung Palace is the main palace of the Joseon. I, I, I know I pronounced that wrong because I was going back and forth about that. The Joseon Dynasty. It was built in 1395. 1395 like that's 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 a long time ago it's a long time it's so it's and i I will say it's one of five palaces that was built by the dynasty and it is in central seoul like it is around it's 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 right in the middle of everything like there's just no question it's in the middle of everything so it's 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 a complex that was invaded 
I'm going to say invaded. The country was invaded multiple times by the Japanese. And so at some point it was bombed or lit aflame. It stood it's, down. Sacked. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All those things, all those, all those war things for like, and then it sat for 200 years. So this was like the 1600s. It sat until the 1800s. And in the 1800s, they were like, you know what? We should do something with this. So they fixed it up and Mm -hmm. it is stunning. It's when you're far away, it's not stunning. When you are up close, it is the pictures just don't even do it justice. Like being in person with the colors that they use and, and like just the ornate, way that they have the 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 designs around all of them it's just it's really something i think it was the level of detail like you can kind of see so you look at these in you know buildings like this in pictures and you think oh that's really it's painted really pretty it's really bright it's really cute whatever but when you're up close you realize it's not just painted a lot of that is carved that flower might not be a flat flower painted that's a carved flower that then someone went and they painted each petal and the petals are each a different color and the center is a different color like there are so many layers of detail to this place that I, all I could keep thinking is when they built this, how did they do this? Like do all of this detail, all this, it must've taken forever without any of the modern tools that we have to do this and to, to, to bring these like beautiful buildings to life. It was an absolutely incredible experience. And it was neat. We got to one spot as we were touring the grounds and you turned one way and you just see parts of the palace and you see mountains in the distance and that's it. And you sort of look and think this must've been what we saw, you know, when this was built, this is what you'd have seen. But then you literally just turn the other direction and there's a skyscraper and it happened to have this like giant bright billboard with graphics and stuff. And I'm like, wow, what a difference. Like to see that difference between the old and new and know that uh, this has been here since it was just those mountains. And now there's all of this that has grown up around it. It's, it, it was an incredible place to visit. And all of the women, apparently you, you pay to get into to the, to the palace, but if you wear your hanbok, I believe I'm saying that right, which is traditional yes. Korean dress, which are these beautiful dresses that the women wear, but the men had outfits too. I don't know if they're all called hanbok. I don't know if that's just the women's outfit, but there was cr- traditional dress that some of the men were wearing as well. And they were taking pictures and wandering around and just kind of having fun. And it was so sort of fun and cute. Again, that, that contrast between old and new. So they have their hair done and they have their everything done to look very traditional, but then they'd be laughing and jumping and spinning around and they've got sneakers and jeans on underneath their outfits. <laughs> and you see, there that was a lot of that. Underneath. Yeah. There so, was but, a lot of that. I saw, I saw a couple of the other places we went, they were wearing it and it's not like, when you go to like Colonial Williamsburg and there's like a couple of people dressed up and you're like, oh, isn't that good for them? This is like, this was a thing that lots of people dressed up and it was all over Seoul. It was in any of the historic areas. There were people just dressed up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So that was neat to see. I thought that was that was really pretty cool. And then we got to see they were doing a changing of the guard while we were there. Did you see? The oh yeah, changing of the I guard? saw that. I saw that with their little pheasant feathers on their head. Say, the feathers are so cool. They have these. Fe- it's like the feathers must stick up like what, like two feet, three yeah. feet easily. So yeah. there's these. I showed it to Russ. Russ is like, "What are the antlers on there?" I'm like, "They're not antlers. They're feathers." What? <laughs> so that was that was a neat very traditional thing to see and to get to see that that like piece of very ancient korean history that was pretty cool that was neat yeah the, it was really cool that that whole complex my favorite thing is the sesame seed terrace which i thought was adorable um but it was like i looked for it and i think it was just like where there was grass 
I don't know. I have questions, but it was on the map and I saw it and I pointed it out to the people we were with. And I was like, this SVC Terrace is apparently here. And I, but I saw no formal terrace. So I'm, I'm looking forward to at some point going back and asking about it because it was on the map, but it was, it was cool. I need more about this. You pointed it out on the map. Where is said terrace? And I mean, like it was, we're there at the tail end of winter, beginning of spring. So it might be something that like the sesame plants grow. I don't know. I have questions, but I need to, (laughs) I need to investigate more. And I haven't had time since I went straight from there to France, but that's a different story, Um, which I can't talk about that today either. So, um, okay. So other things that I went to, so I went to the Bokchon Hancock, Hanok village. Did you do that? I did not. Okay, so this is on the backside of the palace, up a hill, like up a legit hill. Um, You can get up by either taking a taxi around the palace and going to like the beginning of this, or you can choose to walk up what I will call OSHA's nightmare of stairs. (laughs) And it is like, I, I know, like we watched a guy walk up the stairs on his phone and I was like, oh, there's no way. That is imminent doom for me. I could get up five stairs and I would die. And this is like, there's 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 wedges and stairs and like some of them are too like there's like one I like jump like a foot to get off of like it's just it is not stairs it is just a pathway laid by several thousand years of people going eh, this works and so <laughs> it was just it was very odd uh, but definitely you're like okay these are the stairs that thousands of people over a thousand years have gone on um, because it isn't like anything like modern design and no no modern governing board would allow it to ever be built today <laughs> so we went up there and what it is is it's a six hundred year old village that is preserved in the traditional sense so you they you know the buildings while they change hands they don't really change and you walk up and it's not like like we talk about williamsburg it's not like colonial williamsburg it's not like that where you walk in you're like okay this is this was built and designed so that it looks like old this is old and it's not kitschy it's very much like this is the beautiful architecture. People live there. There's no question people live there. I mean, there's trucks parked on the side of the road. It's not just four-year amusement. It's just this old preserved village. And it's just architecturally gorgeous. I mean, it's stunning to see how houses were built. I always had this idea of what Korean architecture was like. And you think of the beams of the houses and the slopes of the roofs and all that. But when you get up close, you see like how incredibly sturdy they are and how they look and i was just it's just i was just so impressed because you know it's easy to make rectangles and squares when you make when you're making triangles that also have movement to them and you're like they did all this without modern instrumentation without any of that and not only that they did it and it's lasted this long and it looks architecturally it looks stunning the colors are saying there's greens and reds and browns and and whites it's just it's really beautiful and it's just it's just so special. Like, I just, I felt like I was walking, I felt like I was walking through history and it was just really, really cool. That's really neat. Very it was cool. really cool. So they had, at the base of that village, they had the goldfish waffles, which you had a goldfish waffle thing. Didn't I you? A, I did. We I should probably a, say they're not real goldfish. Not real goldfish. No <laughs> one's eating goldfish. Um, so I, my, yeah, so these were, these were, I, I went to, at a different thing, I had, I went to a Korea, they have night markets in Korea. And I went yes. to a night, which are like, imagine a market outside and like there's stalls and food, but it just goes and goes and goes and winds through all the streets. And there's so many of them and they're huge. And there's several of them in different areas that have different hours. And so we found one, me and Carrie Kim, we found one and we got these, they looked like, they were like sort of like waffle cone, ice cream cones. It shaped like little goldfish with little mouths open. And they put a dollop 
of this really, really rich vanilla ice cream inside. And then they had honeycomb and they literally just scrape off a big piece of honeycomb and splop it on top. So it's vanilla ice cream, honeycomb, and this fish waffle, which again, doesn't taste like fish, just looks like cute little goldfish. Um, so we had that and it was, it was really good. They had so many neat foods at this food stand, which is the reason that I got cash, which also using an ATM in Korea. Oh my goodness. It was, it, it went back and forth between showing English and showing Korean. And I had moments of, huh, I think the question it asked, asked me is a yes. I don't know what that button says, but it's green. I'm going to assume that's a yes button. Huzzah, it is yes. And like, go to the next <laughs> thing. So it took us both three or four times to actually take money out of the ATM because we kept hitting the wrong buttons. <laughs> It happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that I went to this fantastic candle shop in, in Seoul. Um, in that in that old village I went to, it's called Grand Hand. I think it's Grand Hand. Grandhand.com. Um, and they you could pick from all these different types of candles. So um, Jeff, Jeff from Kia, who you've heard us talk about before, he has the marine orchid scent at home, which was lovely. But I chose the terribly named but delightful smelling um, Sally Salmon. Oh God! <laughs> but it was okay. So it smells better than it sounds. Um, but I brought it home. My husband says it smells like old lady perfume. But I assured him that once you burn it, it won't because that's you know sometimes candles smell differently than when they burn. Yeah. Um, so I like Sally Salmon, but it's just this really cute little shop. Um, and one of my favorite things is they actually will take your name and stamp it on the front of the candle. Burlap Aww. is like their is their logo. So I'll, I'll show you in the camera since you're looking, Nicole. This is this is Jeff's. Oh, and that's so, cool. yeah, so Aww. I got one home that had Eileen on it and um, it was lovely. Like it's a lovely little shop and they've got a couple of stores throughout Seoul, but it was just a, a nice little like addition and the packaging. Oh my goodness. They wrapped it. Then they put it in a bag and then they put some special tape on it and then they wrapped that and then they put something else in there and then they wrapped that. And it was, it was a production, but it was, it was lovely. And um, the exchange rate is fair, favorable to the U S dollar right now. So I had no problem spending a little bit more than I traditionally would um, yeah. for a candle because of the exchange rate and also because the packaging was really cute that was worth the extra money i felt like which is not a good excuse honey i realize that uh, no, you're it's listening a perfect excuse but it sounded good so okay so we liked all that um i also have to say i went to this amazing restaurant um on valentine's day because i was there um and and i will say this they uh ahead of time they let them know that it was uh we were not celebrating valentine's day so we were the, I think, the only people in there not celebrating Valentine's Day. And it was a two Michelin star restaurant called Jung Sik, which is also um, in the U.S. There's one in Manhattan. Um, it was amazing. It was like 15 courses. And there were so many wow. courses of multiple things and like multiple flavors and taste profiles. And it was just... I've, it's been a long time since I've had, like, I like had this tortilla thing that looked like a Tostino scoop, but it had, like, <laughs> some sort of fruit in it, and, like, I bit into it, and it tasted like it just exploded this delightful fruit in my mouth, and it was oh, just wow. amazing. I had a, a, a mushroom soup that was good, an oyster that had been uh, deep-fried, but flash-fried in seaweed. It was Ooh. just amazing. Like, there was just so many complex flavors, but it brought in the flavors of Korea with other world flavors, and it was it was amazing. But at the end, um, so we're obviously at a work a work dinner, so they put a pile of pil pillows between us to, like, let everybody know we were not there for we're romance. We were not romantically linked. <laughs> yes, we were not romantically linked, which was adorable. But the desserts were Valentine's Day themed. So, okay, <laughs> whatever. So, so um I got uh, the traditional dessert. Now, we had allergens at the table, so somebody else didn't have this. But I had the, um, it was like peanuts, and it was like, it looked like a little island. 
Like I think Aww. Nicole, I think you saw it on my Instagram. I it was like it looked it. like it was it's, adorable. Yes. So it's supposed to look like the um the fertility island of Korea. Okay. Which is apparently where people go if they are having trouble conceiving or need to conceive in a hurry. I don't really know the whole story, conceive but it is, hurry. I mean, it's it's the fertility <laughs> island. <laughs> Brace yourself. No, it's like, <laughs> they go to the island. So there's like this this phallic Easter egg looking, island looking statue um, that, that it was, it was, it was lovely tasting, but it was very much like a, Oh, okay. And can I just say, I don't know, and I don't know what happened, but I feel like the South Koreans don't believe in wrapping paper. And I don't know if that's true or not, but at this restaurant, which was not cheap, you know, being what it was, there were these couples that were all about the same age as our party, and not a darn one of them had a wrapped gift for their Valentine's Day date. They were all in crumpled bags from the store. Like the woman next to us received a lovely gift. I don't know what it was, but it was lovely, but it was in the most crumpled Bergdorf Goodman bag I've ever seen. It looked like he had sat on it on a long bus ride and then brought it to this restaurant and he he literally, it was sitting on the table until like a dough thinner and then he just slid it over to her. Like, here's your expensive gift, woman. Like it was... She cooed. She liked it. They snuggled at their table. I guess it was a good thing. But she must I just have been happy, even though the presentation left something to be desired. <laughs> I was that was confusing to me. I mean, I don't need a gift. I don't get. We don't celebrate Valentine's Day, so it was just a thing. But that was confusing to me. Um, okay, so other things that were confusing to me, uh, besides the flasher situation with with the driving and the U turns, yes. I made a list here. Um, recycling. Like non-existent in South Korea. Yeah, I kept looking for recycling bins and there weren't, which threw me. I was like, I like, I had water bottles in my hand at one point. And I'm like, there's only one. Like it was in a, a little tiny, cute little bakery that looked very Panera. It made me think of Panera, that style of things, mm-hmm. but way nicer. And you, know, you go there, you've got here's this trash, here's that trash, here's the other trash. Now here's your trash. I'm like, I have a glass bottle and there's no one to put it. Nowhere to, okay. It was kind of weird. It was weird. It was really weird. Like I kept looking for places and like, I remember when we would go out to I mean, California, say a decade ago, even, and they had like the separate recycling. You're like, oh, they're progressive. And I went yes. there and I was like, wow, OK, this is how yeah. we do it. Like, there's just no that's the way it is. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously I, I I would institute recycling, but that's just me. Um, smog. Let's talk about smog because you and I were both affected <sighs> So the air quality in Seoul leaves a lot to be desired. So here's the thing. It's not what I've heard, and I don't know if this is just the party line, but that it's not so much that Korea has a horribly polluted um, atmosphere, but that a lot of this actually comes over the border from China because of the location that smog from China, which has not especially well known for its clean air quality environmental responsibility, um, blows in such a way that gets sort of trapped in Seoul. It's like because of how the, 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 the geography of the place, once the smoggy air comes in at the right temperatures and the right times of year, it can just sort of sits over the city. So they always have little issues with smog. And we had, you know, the first few days that I was there, because you were there again, you were there a couple of days before I yes. got there. And then I was a little on at the other end. I was there a little bit later and you weren't. The day that I flew out when you weren't there, I got up and my eyes, is it like halfway through, I'm like, my eyes are burning, like itching. I'm like, what is going on with my contacts? I had changed them out in the morning because they were already feeling so itchy. And I'm like, what is going on? Then we're walking around and I'm realizing I'm well and truly winded. Like, why? And then someone said, it's the smog. The smog is bad today. And you can always see it. Like, you can always see a little bit of a haze. 
So we were looking at our phones earlier to give everybody context, right? And I'll double check again. So you can look like in the weather app on your phone and it gives you a little air quality for where you are. And if I look at the air quality where I am right now, my air quality is 39. I have a nice green block. It's a happy number. It means that it's good. It's, it's, it's good and healthy. Like you have no problem breathing the air quality here, right? What's your number right now in, um, in ye olde Atlanta, Eileen? Do and you have good air quality? In ye olde Atlanta, I am beating ye olde Nashua, New Hampshire oh. with a stunning 31. Oh. Which is solidly in the green. It is a beautiful sight. I will say this. I have my windows open at home. It's like 75 degrees here, which like. Wow. It's, it's, oh my we're gosh, having it's a little nice. taste of summer. We're about what is it right now a, in Seoul? So right now in Seoul, this, oops, nope, that's a different whole country I typed in. Wait. Um, in Seoul, it is currently. Oh, it's not even, it's at 65, which is. Well, we looked earlier and it was right. 134 on that day when you had the issue, right? right. It, actually, part of the day, because we kept checking, I got up to 172 for part of the day that I was there. So I thought, oh my gosh. So it wasn't just my imagination. It was enough smog in the air that you could feel it. You're, like I said, my contact, I thought it was my contacts. I think my eyes were just irritated. It made you noticeably winded. And I wasn't the only one. Everyone's like, my gosh, like you could feel that the air quality was bad. So that was one of the, that's probably most, the most negative thing about the city to me was like, if you were, the, that's not going to happen every day, but on the days when it happens, and even today, like they have, they have, you know, where you're at 31, I'm at whatever it was, 39, they're at 65. The air quality there is not as good. You, you definitely notice it. So if you're visiting Seoul and you're someone, because I thought about this because my husband has asthma. If you're someone who's an asthmatic or has any kind of respiratory issues, buyer beware and bring your inhaler because when it gets bad, it gets really, really bad. And you will see a lot of people in Asia wear masks and they wear it for the, they don't wear it necessarily for disease. They wear it for the air pollution as well to keep it clean. But I did say, um, a friend of ours who was traveling with us was telling us that he went and blew his nose after a day out in the city and it just blew black and brown. Yeah. And like, not because he was sick, but because like, it was just not good. There's so much particulate in the air. So that's a, it's that, that was definitely a, a negative, not, not especially great thing about being in Seoul. I have a really positive thing that Americans could learn from, from Seoul. What's and that? this is a very specific problem, but, um, I swung by a Starbucks for coffee, a little afternoon oh. coffee pick-me-up. Did you go into a Starbucks while you were there? I did not. I went into all local places. I avoided places okay. I knew. Well, I we, we went in at a weird time, so some of the no, things were okay. closed. But anyway, okay. So we went in, and everyone there is wearing the black polo shirt, the khakis, like <laughs> it used to be. And they all had nice demeanors, and they were all like, looked like they'd showered recently, and... <laughs> It was just like, it was so nice. It was like the Starbucks of ye olde days. And I was just like, you know what? Can we just, can we stop with some of the individualism? Like I would like my, I would like my barista to look like they've showered recently. Like, is that too much to ask? I believe or like, it currently, or, currently it is too much to ask. I think. Or like not have a crop top on that is like bisected by their apron. Like I just, I've, I've stopped going into Starbucks because I don't want to have to see the people there. Yeah. Like I'm just like, have you, do any of you own a mirror? And I'm not saying that I dress well. I am not saying that. But I'm just like, just, just, ugh. Like, no. And I used to work at Starbucks like 15 years ago. And I I, I don't know what's happened, but stop. You yeah. can unionize, but you need it, to adhere to a dress policy. Like, that's how I feel about Starbucks today. There is, they do have an overall vibe in Korea where it's very, like, everyone always looks tidy. I can't think of another way to mm-hmm. say it. Like, when we, when people are dressed 
super casual and like, okay, it's my, my Saturday. I'm not doing anything. And they're casual. It's like grubby, you know, sneakers, sweatpants, and some shirt that says like, welcome to Florida. Like you'll see people in really, really like grubby stuff. Like they're, 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 it's just casual and they're going to look sloppy. Casual in Korea is still unbelievably cute and tidy. Like everyone always looks nicely put together. They always have an outfit. It's, it's definitely a level, I guess maybe it's a level of formality that we don't typically follow anymore here. Yeah, I'd be okay getting some of that back. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Right? I'd be okay with that. But I will say is I had so much that I learned about South Korea. So much history. Oh, wait, there's one more thing I want to talk about before I forget. So there was, and I'm going to look, I don't know, the, I know the I name of it, but I cannot pronounce it. you're looking for. Is it involved books? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, well, we could talk about that because that was amazing. Okay, yeah, talk well, about you, that. Yeah, well, you look up your thing. So the, we got, we're taken to this place. It's in a mall, actually, but don't think like shopping mall in the U.S. It's this giant, like huge place. And it's Coex, C-O-E-X. And in this mall, there's a library. But the library is, what, three or four stories? I guess if you just made them individual stories high. And there's just shelves and shelves of books and magazines just wall to wall. Like think of something out of, if you're looking in, if you're reading a novel, like something like Harry Potter, where they go into a library and they describe books going to floor to ceiling. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't really exist. That's what it looked like. It looked oh, like 100%. It it's amazing. Out of a movie. And it is truly a library. You can like grab a magazine and sit there and read very, very cool place. And then when you go up the little escalator, there's a coffee shop, teeny tiny little coffee shop called Arabica. I think that's literally its name. On that is side. what it's called. Yep. And then on the other side is a cake shop called Billy Angel. Did you go into Billy Angel? I did not. I read it though. I did. I went in. I was like, I'm going in here and I'm getting me some cake. I, I got the most ridiculous looking cake I could find, which was called a galaxy cake. And it was like lavender colored and the inside had pink and all these colors. I really thought in my head, this is going to taste like cotton candy on crack. It's going to be so sweet. I'm going to instantly have like five cavities. And then when they served it to me, they had like this pink syrup. (laughs) And it was bright pink that they drizzled over the galaxy cake because apparently what was there wasn't enough. And then I got myself a brown sugar boba tea because I like boba tea. So I was going to get all my sugar fix. It was a ton of sugar. But here's the neat thing. Their desserts are so different there. As sweet and cloying as it looked, it was actually really, really light. It was this lovely cake. And the frosting was like a whipped frosting. So it was interesting. By and large, the desserts in Korea, amazing they don't use as much sugar as we do. So something that looks like it would be super sweet and super heavy turns out to be surprisingly light, as was this galaxy cake. So I thoroughly enjoyed my galaxy cake with pink syrup and my brown sugar boba tea. That was the day I flew out. I'm like, well, this should tide me over until New York City. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I love the space cake or whatever it was called, the galaxy Galaxy cake. That was Okay, so yeah, I did see that. And it was was very cool. Um, When I was a Starfield library, I thought that was like the coolest thing I've seen. Yep. It was, I I would like one of those in every city I go to. I know, it would just be amazing. Can you imagine just being able to walk into like, downtown Boston or New York or Atlanta or wherever and just have this giant and there are places to sit like you could curl up and read the book there were like a little table where if you're going to sit and eat your food it was just it was really neat I love the place I thought it was very cool yeah I think I think it's amazing like and I love the I love the accessibility of it being in a shopping center yeah. as opposed to it being like in a downtown where you have to go like that's really smart I, I like that yeah because it was a massive shopping center that had just and it was sort of underground we went down a level you keep walking underground I'm thinking we've got to be like three blocks from where we actually entered this. And we're still just walking underground in this giant mall. 
Absolutely. So I also went to the Cheongcheon. I that's a hundred percent wrong. It is a about eleven kilometer long uh, stream that flows through Seoul. Okay. And it's if you think about it, it's more like a canal would be, but it's it's lower than street level. It's like a story below street level. It's really cool. So its history is really interesting. So it was a stream. It's always been a stream. Well, not always, but it's been a stream. And it kind of came into prominence in the early 1900s um, as a drainage system that the dynasty set up for Seoul. Okay. Okay. There were bridges that went over it. It was, you know, it Seoul was still this very, it was kind of almost like, if you think of the Wild West in the early 1800s, it's kind of like what Seoul was like at the early 1900s, where it was still just this very, very deserted place, not really a lot of infrastructure mm-hmm. and things like that. So in the post-Korean War era, they took that area. They were like, okay, we're going to turn this into a sign of Korean progress. So they made it into a six-lane highway. As one does. So they they took this there. It was it had been like shanty homes next to it. Those are all gone. They built the six lane highway. And then at some point they were like, wait, we got rid of this stream. We got rid of this water. We need to turn this back into something. And so they took down the highway. Much to their credit, they elected a mayor who was like, one of my goals is to take down this highway. And they took down the highway. That's Probably why really traffic cool, is so no bad. ever gets rid of a highway. You just add more. Yeah, so they restored it. They started restoring it in the early 2000s, and now we're, we're well on to that. And it is just this lovely walking, bike lane, cycling, uh, all-purpose path on both sides. You could get it back up to street level. There's, like, little garden moments throughout it. Like, oh. there's, there's we saw egrets and, you know, like, wildlife all over. And, the, like, like, it's just things that you're like, oh, nature's returned. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not by any means remote. It's still in the middle of the city. It's still in the heart of the city. But it's a lovely walking path. And we walked about four miles on it. And it was just, it's lovely. There's art through it. You're just, it reminds me a little bit of Berlin, how Berlin has the river that runs through the city. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's that, but on a smaller scale, on a far smaller scale, Um, but just a really cool area. And like just the history of it, that people wanted it gone, wanted it brought back and they brought it back and they tore down a highway. Like, like I said, that just doesn't happen. So it's really cool. cool. And it looks like they decorate it for Christmas and things like that. Um, We, you know, we were kind of there before, before spring had bloomed. So I I would love to see it when it's like in full bloom with flowers. I bet it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. So then we also went, we took that and went to um, the design center and that is just, it's this, if you look it up, it's, if you look up uh, Soul Design, it's, I think it's the DDP. Oh, wait, we did go there. We went there too. The giant, swoopy, curvy, very cool building. Yeah. It looks like a Guggenheim sort of thing, but it was it really cool. It does look like a it Guggenheim was, thing. Yeah, it was really cool and really different. And we went inside and it kind of looks like if you were under Little Island in New York and instead of water, it was parkland and you just kind of like walked, but it's carpet and it's inside and there's like shopping there. There's a little bit of like design store shopping. There's a weird art exhibit that had posters that I didn't, I could read enough of the Korean through Google Translate to figure out it was an art exhibit and that it was like posters but I couldn't figure out why we were looking at there seemed to be no cohesive theme or anything. <laughs> but it was it was interesting to see all the different posters. Um, and one of them was like the story of Michael Jordan's wealth, but then oh. also the history of the healthcare system. So it was very odd. Like I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. But it was interesting. So I have to share with you the museum. We went to this museum called the Liam, L-E-E-U-M. And they had a display, as you're talking about art, by this guy called Maurizio Catalan. I think I'm saying his name right. Anyway, he's a big deal. It was the creepiest art I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have no idea. I like you ever go and you walk in, you're like, sure, I can appreciate art. And then you look at it, you're like, 
nope, I have no idea what's going on in here. None of this makes any sense to me. It was very weird. At one point, a tricycle, kid's tricycle, with a dummy on it that looks a little creepy. Like, imagine, like, going to make a face, like... Like oh, you look like a possessed weird child. Yeah, possessed yeah. weird child. And it's like remote control operated and it just kind of goes through the place and it pedals through and then eventually disappears. That was indicative of the art. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Also, I feel like you and I could do that for far less money than whatever somebody paid him to do that. Yeah, there was another one that was, um, it was a hole in the floor and it looked like there was a man coming out of the hole in the floor. It was like a 3D thing. Oh, that and the child. And then there was one where there was a horse that was just hanging from a harness from the ceiling, a fake stuffed horse. I'm doing my best. Eileen can You are. You're acting like a horse hung a horse. from the ceiling, which is something. I'm so like, in my you, head, I'm quiet because I'm like trying to figure out like why. Uh-uh. And then there was there was another one that was um, a little boy who looked like he was praying on his knees towards the wall. And when you walked around, little boy, <gasps> it was actually Hitler's face. What? I'm not kidding. <laughs> what? I'm like, what? Yes. I... I you sent me a photo from this. I mean, assume that it was this museum, but it was a, a art of middle fingers sticking up. Maybe. Oh yes, that was from that museum. <laughs> oh no, wait, that oh. was down the street. That was another museum where it was. Where it was like it was just a sign. I'm not going to say it. It was the F word just repeatedly. And then the room right next to it was just a whole bunch of middle fingers. And I took a picture. I'm like, I mean, I found our art. <laughs> I enjoyed that text. It was, it was quite amusing. That art um, I understood. I sometimes feel that <laughs> art very deeply. The horse, the kid, the Hitler, no, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Okay. That's really funny. So all in all, South Korea was an amazing experience. We'll tell you about the cars later when yes. we can. Some of them we might not be able to tell you about for three years yeah. um, or ever, um, but We'll tell you more about about one particular one we saw in a few weeks yes. when we can. But it was yeah. it was such a tremendous experience. I am so glad experience. we went. And and and, to, and we can't talk about the cars yet because the car company would be unhappy. Um, but you know, it was we. You can see a car anywhere. Like I could see it at a warehouse in New York or a warehouse in L.A. Or I can see it in the country that it came from. And it did inform something to have that experience of seeing Seoul and then have the experience of viewing what we were there to see. And I thought this has a different feel in a different context and makes more sense when you see where the people that are making these cars come from. It, so it, it weirdly, it made a huge difference in my perception of what we did see and can't talk about yet. Yes. And not just that vehicle, but other vehicles that are already out yes. in various, in various brands. If you know anything about South Korea, the brands that are represented in South Korea are from the Hyundai motor group. So that's Hyundai, Kia and Genesis. And mm -hmm. so I did feel like, I learned, especially we talked about the GV60 being very Korean, learning a lot more about how that vehicle just aesthetically fits in with the city that it was in. I, I mean, I just feel like I got to know, I feel like I got to know it better. And I feel like I understand where things are coming from so much better. It gives them context that you really just can't get from reading on mm -hmm. a piece of paper about a city and about the people. Suddenly you see it and you experience it and you live it. Like the context makes sense. And, and just for the record, too, like we did go with Kia for this trip. You know, obviously we were their guests, but they did not tell us where to go in the city. They did not no. hold our hands. They let us experience Seoul for ourselves. And there's a lot of uh, things that you and I have gone to where they are like, here's your suggested recommendations, places. And also, please don't go anywhere else. This right. was very much. No, go and experience our city and our country. Yeah. And 
And I give them a lot of credit for that because we did see things that we were, you know, again, not the smog, things like that, that are not great. But we saw a lot of absolute just beauty and positivity and really amazing things in Seoul. And I'm so glad I had that experience. Me too. It was really an incredible experience. I'm very grateful that we both got the chance to do that. Absolutely. All right. So we've got scorecard coming up next. You're going to ask me some questions and then we'll wrap up this plus sized episode and um, figure out what we're going to talk about next time, which I don't know if we know yet. We don't. We have time to figure out next time. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back with Scorecard. This time, Nicole is going to ask me some questions. I don't know what all of them are. I know what one of them is, but I don't know what all of them are. So, all right, ask away, Nicole, and I'll give you my unbiased opinion. Okay, first question is, you're on a flight to or from Korea. Do you take the fancy traditional Korean meal or do you take the traditional American meal when they come around and offer you the nice little meal? Um, so I don't remember what I ate on the way over there. It feels like it was so long ago. I don't remember what I ate on the way over there, but I will say this. I did not eat on the way home. I did not eat for 30 hours because I had contracted norovirus Yay. in South Korea. So I, um, in order to save myself the pain and trouble, I went ahead and did not order um, so, um, I did not order anything, but I think I would be, I would be inclined to choose the Korean dish Yeah, if it, if it was something I liked. Now they do very good descriptions of what the dishes are, but I don't know. Did, what did you do? I did the Korean food, both directions, um, both on, on both flights on the way back though. It was really cool because I fell asleep and then I wasn't ready for my meal. And the guy came back around and gave me my meal. And then he asked about dessert. And because the whole service was over and everyone else had eaten, I picked one and then he came back with a tray with all the desserts. He's like, I gave you all three. You're working. You're the only one up here who's actually working. So I'm giving you all the desserts. I was like, Oh, thank you, Delta. <laughs> That's very nice. I'm okay with that. Go Delta. Yeah. Okay. So Smoggy days, they're never fun. Would you rather have to be dealing with the smog in LA or do you think it's worse there or Seoul? Would you rather deal with it in Seoul? I'd rather deal with it in Seoul because I like Seoul better than LA. That's fair. We didn't talk much about the food, this particular aspect of the food, but food can get spicy in Korea. Do you prefer the spicy or do you like things a little more mild? So I think there's two levels of spicy in Korea, right? So there's the straight up like hot peppers that you get, Mm -hmm. but there's also garlic hot. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So when we went to, I will say I like a sweet spicy more than a straight up spicy. So I went out for chicken, fried chicken one night and had plain and then sweet spicy and then straight up spicy. And the, the sweet spicy was sweet with garlic spicy. And I was like, mm, 
Not quite a fan of that, but sweet with regulars, hot spicy, I'm yeah. good with like a honey, a honey spicy. But again, like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of all for it if it just works and it makes sense. Like, I also don't, I don't need to be burning. So okay. I'm not that That's person. Fair. That's fair. How, what like what the, do you I feel like? They had, they had a, well, you know what? They have a spicy, their spice, their, even their birdie spice, the one that burns more. Yeah. It's not the same as say if you got spice uh, at a Mexican restaurant. It's a different kind right. of spicy. It doesn't like burn your sinuses. I liked whatever the spicy was in Korea. I really liked the spicier food because I was okay. warned by one person and then I took a bite and I liked it. And she's like, oh, yay, you liked it. I was like, yeah, I do. I don't know what I'm eating, but it's really good and spicy. Okay. <laughs> so next question, AT4X or lightning? Oh, silence. She's cocked her head to the side like a puppy dog. I'm going to say lightning, yes. but, but for one reason. Yes. Blue Cruise. Oh, so like I like the Sierra 1500 Denali Ultimate Ultimate Denali because you can get it with Blue Cruise. Yes. I like the Lightning because I don't like the Platinum. I don't need maxi pads, but I do like the Blue Cruise. And I do think that while I love a good off-road truck for as a daily driver. You want the automated driving thing. I want the Blue Cruise. All right. That's fair. Last one. And I actually bought some of this while I was in Korea. I, I, I think I know what it's supposed to be for, but I could be putting the wrong thing in the wrong at the wrong time. K Beauty or US Beauty? Because K Beauty oh. is a big thing. They have stores. I bought face cream. I think it's face cream. It could be hand cream. Could be foot cream. I'm pretty sure it's face cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, true confession, I actually buy K Beauty products in the US. <gasps> um, I You're have them shipped to me. So I, I um, get some of my cosmetics from a company called Beauty Pie, which is out of Korea. And they have the best eye brightener, FYI. It comes in two different shades. Now you look at eye brightener. It's basically concealer for your under eyes, but it makes them brighter as well as conceals. Um, it is the best eye cream. And I was actually turned on to it by a woman in the UK who's married to a professional cyclist who I follow on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Just to circle that square for you. Um but Beauty Pie is fantastic. I use their primer. I use their under eye cream. Um, I have a couple of other things from them. I have some um, eye pencils from them. I and really. This is a Korean company. It's their cosmetics are made in Korea. Huh. Um, but you can get them in the U.S. and you can get them in the U.K. and I very much enjoy it. Uh, so that is, I mean, like I have cosmetics from other companies too. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I not I like, like I'm Beauty googling Pie. as you're talking about this or anything. I'm like, huh, what's on this site? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a beauty pie fan. So, so K Beauty um, then K Beauty so would win. Well, I mean, but I do like. So I will say in the U.S., um, like uh, Jones Road, which is a clean uh, makeup company. I do enjoy them. Um, they have some clean products that I enjoy. Um, I have a lot of their stuff. I have their concealer and, and stuff like that as well. Um, huh. But yeah, I have a lot of beauty pie stuff. I went okay. So my stuff. my quick K Beauty thing. I, I we went and we bought things. Me and Carrie, and we apparently got enough because we bought it together to save on the tax situation. That um, we got free masks, and they're like, we're like, we don't know what's in these masks, but they have a picture of a snail on it, and I think there might be some kind of snail something. I haven't used the snail mask yet. I mean, I'm a little hey. afraid. Carrie did tell me that there were 10 of them and she was going to give me one. And I somehow made it out of the country without getting one. But I fear oh, that she's going to come find me at an auto show what? and be like, if here's Carrie your snail mask. A, if Carrie has an I too, I have five of them. She has five of them. I am happy to share one with you. Maybe for the New York auto show, I will give you this weird mask. I feel we'll like I'm so going to be both- allergic to it and not know. And I'm yeah. going to wind up looking like the movie Hitch. 
uh-huh. and like show up with like giant lips and it would just be bad. Yeah, that could be. That could be. So, okay, there's our questions. All right, that's scorecard. When we come back next week, we'll talk to you about something we don't know yet. We have to figure out what all these embargoes <laughs> lift that we have, we've been sitting on. Oh, you know embargoes. what? I know what we'll do. We'll talk about me driving the Bronco in the desert. I don't think we talked about that last time. No, we can talk about that. Yeah. We can talk about that. We'll talk about other stuff, all sorts of stuff. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The Debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. Which is like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.